Boom. All right. I am ready to declare us live. I'm not used to doing it. I'm a little off base. It's light outside. New time this week for the awesome.com PGA DFS show live before lock. It's a little earlier in the day. You know what? It's the NBA finals. We had to juggle things around, but we're here. We're ready. Sanderson Farms, Jason Roslin with me as he always is. Eh, it's not bad. It's better than Corrales, right? Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff going for us. And listen, it's 2020, so like if we got to go two and a half hours early, I feel like that's the like uh, easiest thing to happen in 2020. But we're also playing for a million dollars uh, on first place on DraftKings for the NBA Finals tonight. Like I even made an NBA lineup. There's not often, Yeah, you got. I mean, even if you split it with 3,000 other people, it's still you know a millionaire maker winner. Uh, I know that we can boast about that, right? So, but yeah, it is it is a lot better this week. We get featured groups, so we get 12 hours of coverage of golf or 11 hours of coverage every day. We only get three hours from the Golf Channel, though, so it's kind of weird. Um, we get the PGA Tour live, but we only get four to seven every day on the Golf Channel. So really, if you don't have PGA Tour live, honestly, this would be a really good week to subscribe. And we get Shot Tracker back, so um, a couple of things. And on top of that, Ben, I feel like we're already up for the week because Louis Oosthuizen withdrew on Tuesday. Yeah, it's uh, so I I don't know. I was excited to play Bud Cauley, though, and that was the other withdrawal that that we saw. Brian Gay also out. So I guess it balances out. But yeah, Oosti was someone I was pretty stunned to see his name in the field. Didn't really make a lot of sense. He's not about this. He said no go. Uh, and we get Scotty Scheffler back from COVID, which is a great thing. Hopefully he's all good, no effects. And he takes over as the top price golfer right off the bat. Yeah, he sure does. And it's a, it's a good segue into our waves, uh, weather and withdrawal. We already talked about the withdrawals. I actually don't think they're COVID related, uh, Ben, unless you can. Uh, I, talk differently. I don't think so. Yeah, at least they didn't report it as such. And they have been pretty good about reporting it. So. Um, then we got a couple of, uh, maybe a little bit of weather discussion. Uh, it looks like around 12 o'clock tomorrow, we're going to get maybe some gusts up to 20 miles an hour. And then, uh, Friday morning, maybe some 15 to 17 mile an hour stuff. But normally when we see under 25 miles per hour and it's not for a whole slate or a whole wave, I really don't think much into it. I, I, you didn't mention it to me before the show. So I assume you're not looking into it either. No, not really, uh, which is good because, you know, with this event, this is usually an all, I was asking you before the show, I don't really remember this, and it's because it's usually opposite of WGC. Yep. So I had enough to do just getting familiar with Jackson Country Club, which we're obviously going to talk about. The good thing, I think it's pretty straight up, though I don't see any major issues. Yeah, I don't see any major issues either. Let's talk about the waves a little bit. Look, got Sam Burns' really popular play. He's going off. 7.16 local time. That's uh, it, The lock is 8.05 our time, Eastern Standard Time, 7.05 for the uh, middle of the country people where they're playing golf this week in Mississippi. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, the featured groups in the morning, Scotty Scheffler, Sung J.M., and uh, Keegan Bradley got in that. I don't know how Keegan Bradley got in that group. Like Keegan Bradley wills Zalatoris. I'll take Zalatoris to watch right now. Um, I think he brings a little more intrigue, but we're, we're not there. P.J. Torres not quite ready to give up on those old tour veterans. But Ben, anybody else kind of strike um, you for maybe some first-round leader bets or going off in the morning? So Johnny Vegas is a guy that I do think he comes, he goes off immediately first. Uh, he can get crazy hot. We've seen that time and time again from him. He's not playing overly well. Wasn't good last week. I did keep an eye on him. He's playing with Grace and Chris Stroud. Yep. And then you look. There's a couple. You know, Tom Lewis is out early. Another. Oh, just- wild man again not not really guys i'm drawn to in the dfs side 
but we'll see. And then obviously Grio, Laird, and Redman, uh, one of those early groups. I'll have my eye on that for obvious reasons. Yeah, Grill, Redmond, um, kind of shaping up to be similar type players, maybe. I, I kind of asked you before we went on the show, I said, is Doc Redmond like the new Emiliano Grio? sometimes putts and when he putts he comes in the top five like a couple weeks ago so uh interesting one there we'll definitely get into it but before we get into those guys let's let's go on and move on and talk about some jm and, and scotty scheffler here uh, i was talking earlier uh to somebody and, and kind of discussing the fact that sure scotty scheffler awesome talent love him long term long term though if i said ben you got to take scotty scheffler or some jm who are you taking just long term not this week and then i'll kind of bring up my point as to as to why i'm asking that way yeah, I mean, to me, it actually does bleed in a little into this week. I, I would take Sun JM, um, and I would take him this week as well. But it, it's a situation. F- first of all, we have a situation. I don't know if anyone's. Re- I haven't had too many questions on this. I obviously, like most, have no idea if he's affected by COVID. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Uh, but we can tell you that Dylan Fratelli, who got it, none of the guys that have got it have seen that effect. Yeah, no, everyone has seemed fine. But then, of course, you do hear stories of some people, they recover and they still have some effects. So we just don't know that. But even regardless of that, Scotty Sheffield was playing out of his mind. But I do think that that resulted in him being the top price player. And when you zoom out a little bit, Sanjay M is a guy, to me, that is still a class above him uh, overall. And maybe that will change. Scheffler's got all the talent in the world, but I would take Sanjay M long-term and short-term. Me too. Um so my my thing was if they were both ten thousand five hundred, I probably would have equal shares. The fact that Scheffler is eleven four, nine hundred dollars more expensive than him, and comes with maybe five or six percent more ownership, I think is an easy easy play for me to go right to some JM this week. Airing um, them both up in the same lineup, I don't mind it because you know you got a Satith Thakala and Kyle Stanley down there that we'll talk about that maybe I want to put in those lineups or a couple of other you know players to be named later or whoever they are this week a few of them um but typically in this week I like to just go with one and it would be someday it sounds like it would be someday for you as well are you looking to hedge that matchup at all since is uh Scheffler is going to come in high owned like he's 11 to 1 in the betting market so you almost got to plunk down like 10% of the bankroll to cover it basically yeah, I don't love the price on him. I may look uh, to see some things. I, I'm not saying that Sheffield is going to play bad, but at the same time, you, you just mentioned, because Louis withdrew, it really changes the slate in the sense that he's on an island. He's $900 north of every other player on the slate. I think that's a little much, uh, and there are still just so many other capable golfers. I know it's not a strong field, but to me, Scheffler is clearly not an – no one's an overwhelming favorite in any tournament – but he doesn't stand out as a guy that's super dangerous to blow a field away. Honestly, I'd love to see him come out and shoot 70, 71 on, on Thursday here tomorrow, because then I think you get him into the 25 to one range. And that's where I would look to hedge it. I think that'd be a great place to do it. So all right, let's talk about Will Zalatoris. Um, Cause we talked about who we'd rather have Scotty Scheffler or uh, Sung JM. Should we be putting Will Zalatoris in that conversation or are we not quite there and that would mean that pretty much all of our shares from Zalatoris would just go right to him, right? Yeah. Uh, Long term, I mean, listen, Will Zalatoris could be amazing. I don't think anyone really knows. We've seen some flashes of incredible golf, especially lately uh, at the major, but it's a short sample size. I had negative interest last week 
I don't have a ton of interest this week. I do have exposure, though. I prefer Sunjay M. I prefer Benny on. And it's just a product of knowing those guys' games better. And, and you're not getting – we'll talk about Davis Riley, but at least Davis Riley, you're looking for him to make a cut. Will Zalatoris, that ship has sailed. He's north of $10,000. You're not looking for made cuts. You're looking for competing for wins right off the bat. Yeah, and, and granted, uh, you know, I, I, I did the math out, and he does need a top six or better. T six or better likely gives him full status. So he does have that going for him. But if if we're following along how some of the other golfers feel about Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris, I can tell you that they both feel that the upside is similar in both of them. And here they are, you know, separated by $4,000 roughly in salary. So I don't know that that's going to really lead me to Davis Riley playing him this week, but I just thought I'd bring that up um, as, as, okay. So it sounds like you have exposure similar to me, uh, maybe around 15%. It looks like he's projected 20. I don't think I'm going to get over him though this week, uh, just for, for people, uh, if they have a question on that, doesn't sound like you are either right to maybe right around the field. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, I don't think I'll get leverage on that. It's just, again, it's just a product of where he is. It's not an indictment on his game. I, I think he's shown that he he might be a great player, uh, but I don't think that's really pertinent this week, to be honest. He's not that good. And could I get burned? Sure. But there's a lot of players that I want to allocate that salary to up top. And I'm just not really willing to get over the field in a situation like this. Speaking of getting burned, uh, so funny that John Musto asked the question. Knows. I am going to talk regular. about that. We're going to talk about Sam Burns. Uh, speaking of getting burned, Burns' projected ownership has been creeping up. We had him first projected around 12. I think he's now up around 15, 16, or 17, $9,800. We'll move on to course history because he does have some of it, but he doesn't have as good a course history as the two guys priced right above him, Young Hanan and Sebastian Munoz. Munoz, obviously a defending champion, and Hanan came in third here last year. So... Of the two course history guys, Hanan and Munoz, are you pairing them up with Sungjae going one-two there, or are you skipping and going to either Sam Burns or a guy that also has uh, some pretty good history, at least on Donald Ross's Doc Redman? I know this is a – it's an original Donald Ross. They've done a lot to it since then, but still, uh, Doc Redman didn't play this week. Yeah, those two are ha- causing me a little trouble. Sam Burns is a guy – you know, he's an LSU guy, really big Bermuda splits – Par 72, I'm glad to see he got out of the Dominican Republic. I thought he just, I don't know what happened on that one hole. He was on the fairway for about three hours making numbers that you should never make on this Corrales, but that's neither here nor there. I do find myself preferring to double up with the with the South Koreans in on and in, like their games, not a problem salary-wise. But I, I do look to Sam Burns and Redmond in certain spots. I just worry about the putter with these type of guys. You mentioned is Redmond on the, the Emmanuel on the Griot train. That's not a good train to be on because you have to score at these events. And if you can't make the putts, it doesn't really matter how Chris your ball striking is. So true. Um, very true. A couple of other good course history guys uh, in here that we'll talk about a little later in the show. Uh, DJ Trahan has two top oh, tens and three missed cuts. Patton Gazire has two top tens and two missed cuts. So we'll talk about them a little bit later. But since the topic we were talking about was sports history, I thought I'd dive into that. All right, let's talk a little bit um, more about this mid section, though. Um, before we move on, Doc Redman or uh, Burns, if you had to pick one this week, before we move on. Uh, it's funny, you know, when, if, when I looked at the pricing, if you would have asked me that, I would have said Redman. I'm starting to gravitate back to Burns. And I know, uh, you know, yesterday I, I talked with Tim a lot, and he pointed out, 
for as good as Burns has done, he really hasn't knocked on the door as often as you would think. He has one career top five. It was at Sanderson Farms, but he's really not that type of guy. He's pretty consistent, though. He, he's made seven out of eight cuts. Ball striking will be there. I'm going to go with Sam Burns if I had to choose there. Okay. Um, again, if I had to choose, I would choose – I would go Redmond. Um, okay. I think it's really close. I didn't have the decision because I didn't have the $100 for Burns. Really. Um Honestly, as weird as it sounds, I just didn't have a hundred bucks. You know, I'd rather play Thagala over Putnam. So that was the decision I made. You know, I went to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, all right, let's uh, talk about a couple more guys. It just was asked about Dylan Fratelli and Brian Harmon. If you're not playing some JM or Will Zalatoris uh, up top or Scotty for that matter, are you going to start with Fratelli or Harmon or are they a little bit too pricey for you where you'd rather just skip maybe down even to Stenson and Grio? Yeah, this is, this is, oh. The toughest range for me is the low nines, and it's particularly with Harmon and Fratelli because I see merit to playing them. Harmon, you know, game strokes putting in four straight. Ball striking, not good, but the results have been there because of the crafty short game. I talk pretty much every week when Fratelli's in the tournament. He's always dangerous because of the way he plays. He's very erratic. The stats can line up. But you mentioned it. There is a range right below them with List, Stenson, and Griot it is screaming for balanced builds to attack and it kind of creates a dead zone in the lower nine. So if you're looking for leverage, I actually think them and Corey Connors is probably where you could go. Agreed. Um, And speaking of leverage, uh, Carl just asked in our chat a a good point. Are you trying to get leverage on Burns and Redmond or do you think the ownership is a little bit too high for that? No, I'm not looking to massively fade them either. Uh, I just, and we'll get there. I think I have a couple other spots where, I want to make my stand. And, and the last thing you want to do in DFS golf is have a really aggressive stand, get it right. And then you accidentally made another aggressive stand that you didn't want to, and you get for no pun intended, you get burned. Um, so I'm not looking to make a big splash with those guys. I, I'm going to have exposure probably around the field. I think it's a good take. I think it actually, I think it deserves some likes. So if you guys are in here, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Down to our thing and give Ben a few likes for that. Uh, I think that was a, a great new point. time. Got to pump up the likes for the 6 p.m. crowd. They know. So, with that being said, Stenson, Grio, List, all around 10%. Is that a good place to start to get leverage? Oh, it's a great it's a great uh, place to start. I think you, you can literally start your lineup with all three of them. Yep, yep. Or easy second man in, third man in. They, they fit. The great thing about those guys is they fit every type of build. Uh, now, they're going to be popular. Stenson showed some life at Corrales. Rio does what he does. He fell back after kind of getting in the mix for a little while there. List was good again. I think he's right on the doorstep. Seems Great to. range. I'm actually trying to get over on all three. I think so, too. At 10%, I think that I'm targeting at least 2x in, in my MME builds this week. I think they're a great pair. I was able to build a bunch of lineups with Sungjae, Redmond, or Burns, and one of these guys in almost every lineup. I, I think it was a good way to start. You only have to dip down into that low sevens for the last three guys, which of course we'll get to um, coming up. So in the eight range, we still got a couple of guys like Zing Jun Zhang, who just loves these weak field events, man. He won't make a cut at, at, at good events, like, you know, any good ones, waste manager or something like that. He won't make those, but he's going to make cuts and he's going to make birdies at these ones. 8K seems expensive. Are you playing? This uh, yeah, this is a guy that, can't really ignore him um coming in two straight top 15s 11th last week 14th at Safeway ball striking is there 
the thing I like about him, and we use these examples often on this show, you can you can frame this two two separate ways. Over his last eight tournaments, he's missed four cuts and he's made four cuts. That doesn't sound good at all. Over his last eight tournaments, he's got four top 15s. That sounds really good. Sounds Boomer like Boss. a DCT play, yep. Yeah, exactly. Big time tournament play, big time risk. A couple of guys, um, let's first talk about the chalk in this range, and then we'll go to the, the, the uh, maybe some pivot plays. Cam Davis seems to be setting up to be this week's William Gordon, where he's projected 20% and he ends up at 50%. And the pe- the reason why people are playing him are for the right reasons. But to me, I think I'm fading him because, like I said, I think he's setting up to be a 40% owned in the, in single entry type stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's the kind of guy at that at that type of ownership – I'm not going to be able to get a ton of leverage. What I did do with Cam Davis, because I'm I'm very in line with what you just said, I'm playing him in cash. I, I think he's in line to make another cut. But when you're talking about rolling the dice in tournaments, you can leverage against that. And it's not that he needs to get cut. He just doesn't need to get in the mix. So I think there's an opportunity for me to, to get paid off on Cam Davis in cash. And if he has a top 20, a top 30, eh, and that's fine in tournaments to not really be overweight. Yeah, and, and his ownership is projected, I think, around 20% right now. And, and this was more for the higher dollar stuff where we saw Will Gordon, who was touted everywhere, projected 20% and ended up like 45% last week. Yeah, that didn't work. Insane, Ben. Maybe it's because you you liked him and everyone was like, oh, well, if Ben's finally jumping on, then we got to jump on with him. Um, yeah, that, that worked out real, real good. I, this is what happens. I resist playing these guys. That guy was a wizard at Travelers. Then I, then I hop on, all hell breaks loose. But I, I feel, I'll say this. I get what you're saying with the ownership, but I don't see Cam Davis similar to Will Gordon is still an unknown. Cam Davis is a guy who's playing very consistent golf out there. Uh, I still think it's at that ownership. You want to strongly consider pivoting in spots, but Cam Davis is definitely playing better golf right now. He is speaking of Gordon though, at coming in at 6% projected own now after the 50% bomb last week, Actually, I think he's in play. Um, and, and oh, I have Gordon for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going right back to him. I mean, listen, I know he, he didn't perform well last week, but that's what we're going to get with these 21-year-olds. They're, when they make the cut, they're going to make birdies. They're going to make eagles. If you look at Gordon's log, no top 25s, but when he makes the cut, he's putting up 75, 80 DraftKings points, and that has the definite capability of helping you win a GPP. So, all right, let's go into, uh, yeah, buy low. It's, it's a really good buy low spot for Will Gordon. That's exactly what I'm looking at. All right, uh, let's uh, go on to make the cut. This is a really fun segment. We talk about pretty much anybody that you guys <laughs> want to. Egregious, not egregious. So let's start off the egregiousness with Rafa gains 25 million strokes putting at the U.S. Open Cabrera Bello. Seriously. Out of nowhere, here he is this week. Does he see the weekend, and is he in your player pool this week? Can't do it. Uh He's gained strokes putting in three straight events, and it's resulted in 37th miscut and 23rd. That's, you know, that's only because he gained strokes putting. Tita Green, he's been negative in five straight events. Giant red flags with RC bait. I'm totally fading. How about Denny McCarthy and Charlie Hoffman? These two guys, 7,900, I think maybe a lot of people are going to use at least one of them with Cam Davis and cash. I think Hoffman gets to the weekend, but I think Danny McCarthy's run might be over. That that Sunday round where he shot one over there in Corrales, he's been on a good stretch of golf. I, I've got him packing his bags, but I got Hoffman getting through. We're in line tonight. 
Charlie Hoffman, also cash viable for me. I think he sails through playing quality golf. Not really on Denny McCarthy. We know he can putt, but I, I'm not really too concerned about coming in underweight. What's Chesson Hadley doing at $7,800? It's building birdhouses. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what that guy does. He, he can't scramble. I see him on the commercial. Every time I see Chesson Adley, he's making another birdhouse. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, now. you know the commercial every time. Yes. Chesson Adley building birdhouses. Eight, birdhouse. nine around the green. Bad scrambler. Good tee to green. He's got some splits that I like. He's a Bermuda guy. I just don't love that price. So for me, he's firmly behind Hoffman, but it is a dead range. So I, I get if you want to take a flyer. Tar Schwartzel is also the same price coming off a good start at the Safeway. I can't get this guy right, so I'm not going to play him, which maybe means everybody else should. Who? Uh, wait, who did I say? Sorry. Um, uh, Charles Schwartzel. Sorry. Oh, God. I see. No I wonder I, no I, wonder I, 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 I have. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, I have my brain program to just block out his name at this point. Uh, yeah, listen, Charles, what I do like is he's starting to show that inconsistency in in the sense of he gained 5.1 with, with the irons in Safeway out of nowhere. Uh, he gained four strokes putting at the 3M. He gained 3.8 strokes off the tee at the 3M. So, like, there, there are parts to his game that are trending up, and over that course, he actually also gained around the green every single event since 3M. That makes him interesting, but at the same time, this is still a guy that is wildly inconsistent. So I put him in the Chase and Hadley bucket. Great flyer, but you really don't want to hone in on these guys in like single entry. I think that's too much leverage. Yeah, why they're at $7,800, I'm, I'm not really sure. They seem like they should be $7,200. Um, all right, let's move down. Tom Lewis, we already mentioned. I think he is an absolute GPP target. He's a boomer bust. I think he should be in the player pool each and every week in these type of events. So I'm playing him. I think... He makes the weekend. Uh, his irons haven't been good enough. I'm still going to play him because when they're on, they're on. Uh, but I think he might struggle to find the weekend because his irons have, have just haven't been that great. Yeah, I'm. listen, Tom Lewis is a guy, we talk about this, dating back to how he got here. He won a Corn Ferry event literally out of nowhere, uh, and that's just what he does. Having said that, I don't like the form. You mentioned the irons. I'm going to pass on him this week. Uh, I got a good question from uh, Brandon. Uh, Patrick Rogers or Cam Davis in the GPP? I know we just talked about those guys. I, I think that Davis's ownership is going to trend higher. If it looks like Rogers is going to be lower owned, uh, I think I'd take Rogers here. It's a tough one. If you don't, how about this? If you don't need the ownership discount, like if you're the rest of your build is only 50% total ownership and Davis brings you to 70, I think I would take Davis over Rogers. If it's an ownership thing, I'd go Rogers. Well said. Uh, if, if they were the same ownership, I would clearly take Cam Davis. If I wasn't making a stand, I would take Cam Davis. But if you need to leverage, you got to roll the dice with Patrick Rogers. Lucas Glover, um, when I was building out some uh, some crunches uh, before the show, just to see what Cruncher liked and, and how I build my crunches, I take Osmo's uh, ratings, uh, which of course you can get uh, for our premium package, just eight ninety five for the week. And then I put them together with my uh projected points, which of course you can also get with the hustle plus package and Lucas Glover kept coming up at like 25% owned, uh, in Love. each of my builds, which is interesting. Um, are you interested in Glover this week? Not really. Uh, he exploded at the U S open with the putter. He gained seven strokes putting that negated, not bad ball striking. He was fine. Tita green. I just, that's what did it. That cracked him into the top 20. 
he's a guy that could play. I just honestly have more interest in aggressive players in that range. And we've talked about Charlie Hoffman, Zing Zun Zhang, even to a lesser extent, Charles. So I don't think I'm going to have room for him this week. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, again, like I said, he's coming up in, in the build. So I'll probably end up with 10 or 15% of them because of that. Uh, I'll, uh, what I do, how I build is I just go out and see what they're giving me. Then I put in what I like, and then I leave everybody else at a baseline of 10%. He's likely going to be one of those guys that get it because the models like him this week. So I uh, just wanted to bring up Lucas Glover there. All right, moving down the list a little bit. JT Poston, I think, is a really interesting talking point. Looked pretty good in round one of the U.S. Open. I think he shot even par, plus one. It was a top 20 score. He was basically min-price. I loved it. I loved everything I heard. And then all of a sudden... I watched him start and he bogeyed the first six or seven holes and had a double in there as well. And then all of a sudden after the round, we learned that he got his cornea scratched and that he could basically only see out of one eye. And that's why he shot 85 on day two. Obviously he hasn't played for two weeks. Do we think that's solved? Uh, no, nobody tended to ask him this week. He wasn't on any interviews. So a little nervous going back to Boston. I think he's a fine play here. Um, what are you doing with all that information? Nothing? Anything? Yeah, no, I'm not playing him. Uh, I didn't even know that, but he, he had just been off. Uh, this is a guy that normally relies off the tee. He's got bad irons, but the irons have gotten worse, and the off-the-tee game is now broken. He's lost tee to green in seven straight events. That's just too much for me. He's going to turn around at some point, but I don't think it's going to be here. Same price. Stuart Sink, uh, career... Maybe not career-defining win because it wasn't that great of an event, but guy came out of nowhere, uh, had his son on the bag. Does that run continue? I mean, does he make the weekend even here? Uh, I mean, listen, there's nothing to, to knock. A guy, he won the event. He was fantastic in all four categories. Came out of nowhere, though, so I'd be lying if I said I have a good feel on a guy like Stuart Sink. Maybe he can continue playing good golf. I certainly think that he crashes back to earth in a hurry. I'm not really interested, to be honest. I'd rather take a complete flyer with Russell Knox. Me too. That was actually going to be one of the next guys I talked about. Top 10 at the Safeway, which I think could be a decent comp course for what we're playing here. Not, not identical, but harder to hit fairways, premium on ball striking. I think Knox is in play this week, so uh, good to hear that we're both on. Next three guys all have something in common. They were all priced really high last week and have all gotten a huge discount to this week. I'm going to say them in succession. we got Brian Stewart. He goes from 85 to 75. Mateusz Schwab goes from 88 to 74. And Christopher Ventura goes from 9-1 to 7-2. I don't really think that they, they played that bad last week. All three of them made the cut. Schwab had a good Sunday. Stewart came in the top 35. Um, and Christopher Ventura, not a great week. But um, are any of these three guys in play for you this week? With the salary discount, I think I'm playing all of them. Yeah, I think you can make a pretty good case for all three. Stewart is a guy that I rarely get to as much as I kind of want to. It's just the concept of he doesn't show up in some of the metrics that I run. He's a good Bermuda guy. He's playing better. I am more likely to go to Matthias Schwab. As we all know, he's an incredible ball striker. He cannot putt. And then Christoph Ventura, I was actually really surprised at his price. He got the biggest drop, as you mentioned. It wasn't that bad. Uh, his off-the-tee game is very strong. He needs to shore up the irons. There's no doubt about that. But he is prototypical what you mentioned already. If he makes the weekend, he can take a 52nd and turn it into a 30th in raw points. He scores a lot. He's a big-time par-five guy. And that can make up for not-so-good 
you know, actual placement points. Yeah, and uh, a great uh, tidbit in our chat here. Uh, Sean just let us know that he actually had a deep scratch on his cornea at a time, and it took like 10 days to fully heal. Which means we're putting it like right about now-ish. So miserable. I know, it really does. It sounds awful. I've got to be honest with you. That's why I don't go outside. It's a dangerous <laughs> world out there. People are getting blinded. Just, just stay inside. Yeah, you're absolutely a hermit, not. Especially now. So um, all right, let's talk about a couple more guys in this range uh, that I don't mind. Cam Trigali, he's been getting a lot of love. I've heard him a bunch of times ask me this week. Um, and Taylor Gooch, a couple of guys I'm getting talk. First off, I'm going to Schwab. I don't think I mentioned him. Going to Schwab, going to Ventura. And, uh, and and going to Stewart, I'm going to play all of them. Um, how about these next two guys? Tringale, one of the biggest movers in terms of projected ownership, and Taylor Gooch, playing either this week. Oh, I think uh, you know, I, I think for me, Taylor Gooch is a guy that he, he has an incredible skill set with one particular thing. We've seen time and time again, his irons can pop. Uh, at Safeway, they showed a little flash, wasn't enough to get him through the cut, and the form isn't great. But he's someone that I think is perpetually in on weak fields. you got to consider him for your player pool because he has a skill set with one area that is elite. Um, Cameron Tringali, fringe cash play that I'm not playing. That's how I kind of sum him up a lot of weeks. I think it's all right, but I, I just don't know if he can survive off the tee. Not that that's going to punish you here, to be honest. I just really didn't stand out for me. Is he someone that I'm overlooking maybe? Well, he's only had three starts because I think he had that random withdrawal or disqualification. It was it's happened to him a couple of times, actually. I think those random... He signed a, I think he signed a scorecard wrong again. Like, How does that happen in today's day and age? It's just... It's almost like he just wants to do it to get out of there and doesn't want to see a missed cut on his card or something. I don't know. But the other two starts were good. They both gained over, I think, four strokes total for the week. So... I think he has to be in play a little bit for me this week. He's not in my main lineup, but he is, uh, yeah, he is at least in my player pool. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, let's talk about a couple more guys. Bo Hossler, Chris Kirk. God. <laughs> Bo Hossler made the cut. Chris Kirk was the first-round leader until they put in the real score. Um, <laughs> yes, what do you mean with these guys? imaginary really got Chris Kirk last week. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you playing either this week. Oh boy, Bo Hostler is someone that I, I I still believe can be really good, but his irons are just so bad that it's tough. Um, this is where it's tough for, for everyone. Corrales, just so everybody knows, we can't see the strokes gain data, and that does make it difficult. You look at some guys' finishes and you try to draw conclusions. I really don't know what some of them did. And, and Bo Hostler is someone I would love to know. Was it ball striking? Did he get crazy hot with his putter, as he's known to do? I don't think I'm really there with either of them, but at the same time in a field like this, if that's the flyer you want to take, of course, at 1%, you can do uh, pretty much anything you want with these deep flyers. For sure. Um, Will Gordon, we've always, we already talked about very briefly, but yeah, uh, I think it really is a, a really good buy low spot. We just saw him put up about 80 points at the Safeway, which again, I think it's a similar type of course where you got to hit, you know, the fairways are, are harder to hit. So I'm back in on Gordon this week. I think you are as well. I am. Um, and, and one of the important things that my, one of my favorite tools behind our paywall is our top golfers tool. And it, it helps prevent, present leverage and things of that nature. And, and just one of the things that I like to do, it's not blind, but when a guy is massive chalk and he lets people down the next week, you always get them under owned. And with golf, it can flip so fast, especially with a young guy like this. I'm not overly worried that like Will Gordon isn't who we thought he was. He's just a guy that's going to do that. So 
this is a week I, I, I think you can identify some leverage, not to say go crazy, but man, what a difference of two weeks. You're not hearing his name anywhere. No. Um, and we just had a question about uh, Bo Hostler's stats from last week. And first off, I don't think we need to talk about the fairway hit percentage because it was so easy to hit those fairways last week. Um, ridiculously easy. But I think what we can talk about is his greens and regulation. I'm pulling that up for everybody now. Let's see. Uh, give me a second here. The only thing I know about last week is Lahiri was first in putts per GIR. So yes. I think we know how he got there. Yep. Uh, looks like, what season were we in? We're in 2021, right? Yeah, good luck navigating that site. It's a yeah. little wrapped in an enigma. It's impossible. Yeah, tell me about it. This looks terrible right now. So uh, he hit, I, I think it was 67% of his greens last week. So, and, and, I mean, not, let's put it this way. He, in the two events that he's played, which is eight uh, rounds, his total average is 71, and he went from a tie 23rd to tie 65. So I think it was like 66%. Below average of the field uh, for Hostler last week in terms of hitting his greens. That's what I saw last week, so... I'm not terribly in. Uh, I'd rather go to Kyle Stanley, who oh, hit yeah. over 70% of his greens at 6,800. What do you make of Kyle Stanley this week? Are you in? Yeah, core play for me, super important play, needs to get there. Guy that, listen, it wasn't that long ago where Kyle Stanley would be 10,000 in this field. I, I know that you could say that about a lot of players who have shown form and then it disappeared, and it's not been – it's been a rough stretch for a while for Kyle Stanley. I'm acknowledging that starting to get it together. Those made three or four cuts 28th last week. You take 28th when you're sub seven K. I know that sounds crazy for a guy like this, but make a cut and, and move on with a guy like Kyle Stanley. Got it. At least showed that he was hot with his irons. The safe way uh, didn't hit that many greens last week though. In my checking again, this greens and regulation is not necessarily stroke scan on the approach, but a good correlation. Patton Gazire, guy that can light it up with the uh, putter, two top tens here. Did you get to him this week? Because I did. Uh, that's probably going to cost me, but I did. No, it probably won't because I, I'm not going to get to him. And Patton Gazire every year just ends up in Eastlake. And it's like, why is Patton Gazire here? Oh, yeah, he won like eight swings in events. Um, he has to survive off the tee. Listen, his, his off the tee game is borderline not competitive. He's lost in – it's so many I can't even count. It's like 10 of 11. It's very bad. Great putter. You know what you're getting with him at least. Uh, not for me, though. Keegan Bradley and Brand Snedeker are two oh, dear God. householder – householdish? Householdish names in this field, and they're both real cheap. i got to think that they're going to be relatively high on because of these names down here. Are you playing either? I have some Keegan. Um, again, just a guy who – we know the putter is just a wild card with him, but Tita Green, fantastic compared to the, this field. I prefer Ventura, uh, if we're being honest, and, I, and even Will Gordon. So I have a little of Keegan, nothing else to really say, though, on it. I guess my question to you, turn it right back on Keegan, is is like Sergio Garcia's in the field, Emiliano Grillo's in the field, Keegan Bradley's in the field, Luglis is in the field. They're all the worst putters in the world. Yeah. Sergio Garcia is legitimately the worst putter in professional golf. Like every professional golf tour there is, Sergio Garcia is the worst putter right now. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not good. Would you, in any situation, play Sergio Garcia over Keegan Bradley right now? I mean, I know that's a weird question because they're separated by $1,500, but Garcia's real bad right now. I mean, real bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're getting at. Now, Sergio, 
is also one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world. Um, he's gained gained off the tee in every event in 2020. That's serious business. Now it doesn't matter if you can't putt and he, he cannot putt right now. So I get it, but the difference in it, what you're talking about is when you're playing Keegan Bradley, you can live with cold putting because he just needs to make the cut. Sergio at 85 or 8,600, he's got to do more than that. And to do that, you have to make some putts. So uh, can he do it? Sure. But he's shown no signs with that putter at all this year. So we're in the 6,700 range now, which uh, some local connection here, plus uh, a little bit of talk on the web.com is this Davis Riley kid, 6,700. So let me, let me make it a little easier for you. Davis Riley or Satif Figala this week? Uh, the guy who went to Pepperdine, who now yeah, I know, Figala, now yeah. I know him as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with him. Um, 14, that's safe way gained yep. eight, Jesus. Now I'm looking at it. He gained eight strokes putting. Yeah. He was, he was matching the field everywhere else though. So Man, it, what are these guys doing? I, that's what they do. You know what the, the real answer is JJ spawn. I take JJ okay. spawn over both of them. Okay. Davis like, Riley is interesting. I know a little about him. I know, a lot of people who have backed this guy on the corn ferry tour. He's won a bunch down there. He's got a little experience. He, he kind of feels like a Lando Griffin type player to me. I don't know why I'm saying that, but like he came out of the corn ferry playing pretty good, a little older that no one had heard about. And now he's just a good tour player. You know what? I, I, I'm pivoting my aunt. The, the, this is a real good segment. We should clip Jordan Clown. You should clip this for social. This is good. I, he asked me a question. I go with Eagle. I'm switching my answer to the other guy. Uh, so now I got all the bases covered. I'm going with Davis Riley. He played this event last year, gained five with the irons. And you know what? I do think that this is a pseudo. It's a step up, of course, but he he can handle this field. And I'm not seeing much from Thigala upon digging in here. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. If, if you have the $100, I guess uh, it's not a bad spot to go. But I, I do I do like Thigala. Thigala, I think it's Thigala. Um, we're going to get... Carl, our fanatic speller, we're going to need to get you on this. I think I'm the right on the Pepperdine guy. The Pepperdine guy. Um, he's a great putter. We know he's a great putter. He's pretty long off the tee um, as well. So I think I like that here. His irons haven't been great, but he's finding some strides. He The T14 at, at uh, Safeway definitely intrigues me uh, much. So J.J. Spawn, you said a couple of other guys in this ring. Keith Mitchell, um, maybe finding a little bit of form. Decent week last week at, uh, at uh, down in Corrales. Didn't do great hitting the greens, though. We know his irons are his problem lately. Keith Mitchell, 6,600, any interest? Uh, I mean, listen, he, he's a bomber, and there is some interest, but I, I didn't play him last week, and I don't think I'm going to play him this week again. I, I still think that his game is not where it – I don't want to say should be, but it's just not really getting there, and I, I'm not sure how often he burned you with mega upside. I'm with chat, JJ Spawn over all these guys. Uh, I do like Spawn. He's showing some form, and I think he makes another cut this week. Yeah, and he just really couldn't get it going. He was in the one decent lineup that I had last week. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is there. Uh, Anurban Lahiri made you look uh, pretty dang good last week with a, a great hot take call, a top 10. He got it right. Uh, is he going to see another weekend? Does the play continue, or was he a one-hit wonder? Uh, I hope it continues. I will say, though, I, I, I had to dig in to try to find out what happened, and it looks like – he just got really hot with the putter, which is great. It's great to see that. But he does, though, yeah. But it's hard to keep that going. So proceed cautiously. That's all I – I think Lahiri will be more popular this week because, you know, some people talked about him last week. He played well, and now eh, it's not as good of a spot, in my opinion. 
Yeah, two guys we didn't talk about back up top really quick. That uh, since uh, we've we've you know we're we're almost through the make the cut segment, not quite, but let's go back up to the top. Carlos Ortiz and Pat Perez priced right next to each other. Carlos Ortiz got some great course history coming in off two made cuts. Did you just go up to your boy Grio, who they're talking about giving you a hard time in chat, or did uh, you find yourself to Pat Perez or Carlos Ortiz this week a little bit? Certainly not Carlos Ortiz. I have a free betting article posted, ready to go. Uh, the head-to-head in it is against Carlos Ortiz, so I'm definitely not there. Going I, think, I think Pat Perez is fine, but for me, there are three guys we've talked, List, Stenson, and, and Grio make a lot of sense. If I was going to take a wild card, it would be so. Oh, is it Dylan Fratelli that you got going up against, by the way? Is that you're betting on Fratelli against Ortiz? Is that what Yeah, there's Yeah, there's some uh, – I, I shorted Ortiz in multiple ones, but I believe Fratelli is the play in the article. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's Carlos Ortiz, I, he's getting a major course history tax. Like, yes, he's played really well here. He's not playing well at all, though. Uh, it reminds goal. me of, like, Kelly Kraft of last week, though. The guy, you know, it just it just happens for Corrales. Throws up all in one, another eagle. Yeah, yeah that's good. Just these guys, it, it's a real simple game. You just make a hole in one. And an eagle. If, if Carlos Ortiz makes a hole in one, I'm protesting next week. I'm just go ahead that. and straight shorten the event altogether, right? Um, all right, now back event. down uh, to the price range that we were in. So, Pat Perez, you think he makes the weekend? I mean, he's playing okay, right? Except for his two withdraws. Sure he either makes happen. the weekend or withdraws. Let's put it that way. That's my that's my summation on it. Yeah, yeah. Pat Perez is fine. I just prefer other other guys in the same range that we've already talked about. Bombers at seven K. JB Holmes, another definite withdraw candidate. Uh, don't know what's going on with him. I mean, it looked like he was playing well, and then all of a sudden withdrew. Uh, and Johnny Vegas chalk last week. Now at seven K. So both bombers, both good off the tee, are either uh, make the field for you this week. Not a ton of interest. If I had to choose, it would be Vegas. He's out early tomorrow. Gets the you know eight par fives over those first two days. He can take advantage of them, similar to last week, which I thought he should have. And he. He was close to making that cut. It fell apart late. Yeah. You miss on the number. You miss a couple strokes. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Yeah, it's not like he's like Aaron Wise missing every cut. And is this guy ever going to play good golf again? I hope. Um, I don't know. It, it's not good. There's no form to speak of. I said this yesterday. If you play Aaron Wise, you are just banking on old pedigree that this would have been a course for him when he was in form. But he, he has shown absolutely nothing and that's uh quite disturbing actually it is it is i don't disagree yeah, that was maybe semi-popular last week it was definitely popular in my lineups uh doug gim got it to four under was hadn't made a bogey since his first hole it was you know 25 good holes and then all of a sudden it was like oh i'm just gonna go bogey double bogey in and shoot even far and miss the cut by two uh what what's like why everything was going fine i don't understand yeah, I mean, it, it was he was a guy that I was also on last week. Thought it set up well, and and again, it showed flashes, but just not not able to really string it together like we needed. So sixty seven hundred, uh, you going back to him? I don't mind it. Again, you're gonna get. He started to show some some steam. Uh, got cut. That's all gonna fade away. You don't need a ton of them, so not gonna be a core play. Will be in the player pool. Prefer Spawn, though. I know I keep saying that. Spawn over most of these guys. How about this guy? This guy cannot put a weekend together, but he's made seven straight of them, and he's, I think, three of three here as well. It's a good time for the season for Adam Shank, but he really can't put together weekends. I mean, last week, went into the weekend, top 
think the top 20. Um, does he make his eighth straight, and are you playing him, or are you just going right to spawn? Yeah, I, listen, he's doing what you want in the sense that he's not killing you, but where's the upside? Can it come? Sure, he shows flashes. How about cash, uh, you know, to pair up with, say, your guys like Hoffman and uh, Davis that you're playing in cash? Uh, I I went really balanced in cash, so I didn't need him, but if I did, I'd feel... Com say you wanted to... I, I wouldn't advise doing this, but say you wanted to play Scheffler in cash. Yeah. I, I think that... For him, yeah. ...would make a lot of sense in that scenario. I think if I had to pick one guy, if, if you really want to jam in Scheffler or him in, in cash and you got to get a below 7K guy in, I think Shank would be my pick. I think he's, he's just found a way to make for me. Would be Stanley, yeah. It would be it would be Shank or Stanley. Yep. Yeah. I think those are those are two uh, pretty good picks. And, and I saw Kyle Stanley. I think he's like on DK. He's like 80 to 1 to win, priced with like the 7,800 guys. Uh I know he's I'm, just mispriced. He's a little, a little light this week. Um, so you think ownership follows because of that, though. I do. I think that Kyle Stanley will garner some. He's a name people recognize. He's starting to make some cuts. Um, not crazy ownership, but he's not going to be unpopular relative to a six K range. Um, Ryan Armour, former winner here, but also a couple of missed cuts here. So um, definitely form dependent. Does Ryan Armour find a paycheck here again? And then we'll talk about Andrew Putnam. I think he can make the weekend probably cash it, cash a paycheck, but I don't have a lot of interest. Um, in this range, I really was looking more for upside, erratic. If I, if I went down there, didn't need to go down there too much. I also do want to mention, I do think Wesley Bryan is a fine play, so he took some of that ownership. Uh, yeah, 300 and, all the way down there. Yeah. Um, and, of course, where 55% of the fairways are going to be hit anyway, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. In fact, you know, we're almost, you know, 46 minutes into the show and I haven't brought up Jordan Speed. This seems like it would be a good spot for him to play, to be honest with you. But Yeah, he should have came. Try to fix it. But he just got another sponsor exemption in the freaking Zozo, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, the Zozo. Where is the Zozo? Um, all right, so I might get these mixed up. Zozo or CJ Cup. One is at Shadow Creek in Vegas after the Shriners, so in two weeks. And then the other one, whichever it is, is at Sherwood Country Club in California the week after. So okay. yeah, it's actually two – we'll get two good fields there, which is coming up. And, and then we got just two weeks after that is the Masters. So we actually got a really good stretch of golf coming up. If you're not a Shadow Creek. Plus member. Really good time to do so. I mean, I know it sounds weird, but these are the times where you're going to get fields where you, nobody knows them. Utilizing the research and the projected tools that we have are, are a great way to get an edge on the, on the field. These have been some of my best times in DFS golf. It, it provides the bankroll for all those big events that, of course, we all love to fire at. These are ones where I think it's a little easier to win. Um, yeah, and just real quick, just to add to that, we, we've talked about this on the show before. It's incredibly hard to juggle all these sports. And part of the, the success of, of the company and what I really believe in it, we make it easier to play multiple sports by giving you those edges and helping you out. Like, I rely – you know, I'm doing shows for college football and golf, and then, it, like – I rely on Alex's tools, those projections, the ownership. It helps clear those cobwebs when you're juggling sports. So there's no better time to get involved with golf. And if you're busy with NFL, you can still play golf because you can lean on Jason's projections, lean on Alex's projections, the leverage tools, the articles, things of that nature. Uh, you get in and, and you get some swing season guy. Then when the season starts next year, a lot of these guys you're going to be more familiar with rather than saying, who is Davis Riley? Like, I, I don't know who that guy is. If you play swing season, you probably will if he You'll starts know. playing really well. For sure. And, and I think it's uh, – right now, obviously, with MLB playoffs still going on in NBA, yeah. there's a lot. But 
I love game just man. golf and football because those are two sports that I love to play. They're week long. I don't have to do it daily. It's just, uh, um, it's, it's, it's a fun time of the season. So anyways, in, speaking of that, we're going to spend two minutes before we go on to our deep dives and hot takes. We're going to spend two or three minutes to talk about the Scottish Open. It is my favorite European tour event. Uh, now, granted, that's the reason I'm, I'm sitting here today. I became buddies with Alex on our trip over to Scotland where we spent a week over there. And, and man, it was, it was the best live final out there. Let me tell you, if you have to go to a live final, Scotland with FanDuel was the place to do it. Um, it was just a really fun week. However, so it's a little near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm playing a little bit over there, 5K to first on DraftKings. Do you have any picks at all? Have you looked at it? Scottish Open, no. Uh, I saw it was supposed it's to be like field, no. tornado level wins. Um, <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, I, I bet a couple guys just got us open. I bet George Coetzier. Uh, there's some, there's some names. Fleetwood and Fitzy are over there. Um, not something I, I dug into too much. I'll give you a couple names for DK. Please go yeah. ahead. We did uh, Andre Arnoux, who we know is a pretty good talent. He's 7200. Sean Croker has been playing some really good golf. He's also 7200. Love that guy. Yeah, I do. I you love play that Broker. guy every time. Every week I play. Yeah, you're always Literally. He's in the field half the time. You still recommend him. So um, yeah, yeah. If, if, if Broker's not in the field, but it's a European tour event, still, you just play. still go for him. Still play him. The next one, last one, Colin Haley. He's a Scottish guy uh, going over oh, there. Okay. Also 7,200. As is Ross Fisher. So if you like Fleetwood up top, pair him with a lot of those guys in that seven uh, low 7K range. And that's what I'll be doing for my couple of lineups. Okay, back to Sanderson Farms, uh, which crazy, it's it's a lot weaker field than the Scottish Open. It is, yeah. That, that's how uh, that's how professional golf works, or at least DraftKings works. A um, couple more guys in our deep dive. Okay, so we've mentioned a lot already, but one guy that played pretty good last week, and this is definitely swing season type of guy, it's Robert Streb, no glove Streb. He's one of my deep dives this week. Not a hot take, um, but Streb, I got him making the cut. Uh, how about you for a guy deep diving that you believe will make the weekend down here? So yeah, if you want like oh, then a, Andrew Putnam, we'll talk about Andrew Putnam after. Got to talk about Putnam. Like I, I think, like I said, Wesley Bryan, I'm not even going to classify because I just feel straight comfortable playing him. Yeah, sure. Austin Cook is somebody that I dug into, and he's starting to round into form. He hasn't knocked on the door by any stretch, but he's stringing together some made cuts, and the irons are coming around. This is a guy that's shown some pedigree in swing season. He wanted RSM. I don't love the course. I'll be honest. I don't think it's the best fit for him, but if you're looking for a complete flyer at 6,200, you could do worse than Austin cook. I actually think he's like eight of nine of his last cuts too. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's making cuts. He's just not doing anything. And he's scoring a decent amount of DFS points. So if he does make the weekend at 6,200, I think I, I will have him in at some of my $5 teams, uh, the drive the green contest. I think he's a good fit for it at 6,200. Um, okay, let's uh, let's do this. Let's give our hot takes um, because and, – and the reason why I didn't bring up Putnam is because Putnam's going to be part of my hot take here. Uh, I'm going to go with my, like, group of three guys, which last week I had Justin Sue. He totally screwed me. I, I was he loving was, where I yeah. was. Loving it. Looking like speed out there making 30-footers, but it was great. Um, nonetheless, for him. You nailed Lahiri, so – Andrew Putnam withdrew from the U.S. Open, but prior to that at the Safeway, we saw the Irons bounce back. We know he's terrible off the tee. He hasn't gained off the tee since, like, last year's Charles Schwab, which is, like, not the swing seat, not, like, when we came back from COVID, Charles Schwab. I mean, last year's Charles Schwab. <laughs> so it's been, like, 16 months since the guy has gained off the tee. But if there's anywhere to get away with it, it would be here. I've got Andrew Putnam 11-1 to 1, top 20. I got him covering that for us this week as my hot take. 
And I've got Will Gordon on a bounce back week. He's seven five oh on the top twenty. That's my two guys. Gordon. Actually, you know what? Gordon Gim. Gordon Gim and Putnam. Top twenties. Those are my hot takes this week. Okay. Okay. I forgot about Gim. I had to bring up Gim because yeah, you know, he, hey, there's no He screwed wrong. me last week, so I gotta go back to him. I was back thinking he was playing. I go into him too. I I'm gonna hmm. I was going to say something. You know what? I'm going to go with – so, again, go check out my betting article. Uh, definitely worth it. But I, I will say this. Charlie Hoffman is a guy that I think can really get in the mix here. He's sitting 12-1 to 1 for a top five. I don't mind that. I, I think that's a pretty good spot for a guy that has shown certainly the ability – you know, he's – competed in fields much stronger than the Sanderson farms. He was 14th at, at Corrales. I think that Charlie Hoffman gets in the mix this week. So if you're looking for someone, uh, you, you know, this is a guy who's got dozens of top five finishes on tour, including a handful of wins. So Charlie Hoffman this week, if you want someone uh, to get in the mix worse than that, that that'll be my hot take. Nothing too crazy. I'm going to bask in my Lahiri glory for a little while and not do anything too stupid to follow it up. I think that's good. What about that? We did it, man. Sanderson Farms. Yeah. Any final, uh, any final thoughts before we bounce out of here? I do want to say quick programming note. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Right after us, MMA, Pete the Heat, Jason Floyd. After them, Greg Ehrenberg, Ship my money breaking down. They better be on their game because I have to watch that so I can win a million dollars playing. And win a million bucks today, yeah. not like so, on Sunday, today, tonight. We, we got shows on shows coming up next. But any final thoughts before we bounce on out of here? If Sunday him gains on average of uh, half a stroke to three quarters of a stroke putting uh, for the week, uh, I think he wins. Um, I think he gets it done here this week. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think this is a week. My last thing I'll say, don't be afraid to to really be aggressive if you like the build and if you're comfortable. I didn't see a ton of difference between the mid sixes and the mid sevens. So I do have some lineups that have two guys north of 10K. And then I do have some lineups that are, are traditional balanced, but it's a wide open week. That's what makes it great that these swing season events, I like when there's no favorite. You can really be creative with your builds. And, and when someone like Hudson Swafford wins, you... One percent. If you nail him, you're in a small, small group. If you have six of six, you're in the mix automatically, and I love that. So let's go do it. Let's take one down for the show. Chat, as always, we appreciate it. We'll be back to the normal time next week, doing it all over. Hit the like button on your way out, and again, stay tuned for an MMA show coming up next. Good luck, everyone, and we will see you next Wednesday.